0: Now, broadcasting from behind enemy lines, deep in the trenches of the Patriot resistance, leading the charge in the battle for liberty, this is the Jason Veely Program.
1: Hello my friends, Jason Veely here. This is the Jason Veely Program. I want to thank you very much for tuning in here tonight. The email address, program at gmail.com, program at gmail.com. We also have a number if you want to call in and uh, leave a voicemail message. That number is 860-266-2852, 860-266-2852. Call, leave a message. I'd love to hear from you. I think it's going to be a great way um, utilizing that, that call-in system to interact with you guys more. You know, I was thinking earlier today when I was doing show prep, because I knew that I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, COVID-19 and how different states are responding to it now. Can you believe it's been, um, can you believe that it's been about a year? Can you believe that it's been about a year since the lockdowns started? I, I mean, it seems like just yesterday it was, you know, everything was kicking into full gear, um, and, uh state after state after state was starting to shut down. I remember, you know, my, the, the company that I work for, um, you know, transitioning from going into the office every day to working remote every day. Um, it's just, it's crazy to me that it's already been a year since, um, all that happened. You know, and in that year, folks, we've, we've made a lot of progress, um, thanks in large part uh, to President Trump and his leadership um, and the team that he put together to, to tackle this issue and to come up with a vaccine in an incredible amount of time um, with Operation Warp Speed and, and all the rest. Um, we've made a lot of progress. But the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, that a year later, there's still a lot of people in this country struggling. There's still a lot of people Struggling, it's better than it was. We understand the uh, coronavirus, um, more now, obviously. Um, and and we're we're you know responding appropriately to, to that new knowledge. But in in many ways, a, a lot of people are struggling, folks. A lot of people are still struggling. Small business is hurting. Um, people are experiencing depression. Um, when I was doing research for the show, I, I found a study from uh, September that indicated that depression symptoms are now three times higher since the COVID lockdowns began. Depression um, has gone up by about three hundred percent. I mean that's that's incredible to me. That there are some severe physical, uh, emotional, psychological effects that these lockdowns are having on people. And, of course, again, that's on top of the financial impact that this is all having on um, many businesses across the country, particularly small businesses, ma and pa shops, and so on and so forth, having a real effect. So, again, even though we've made a lot of progress... In this past year the fact that we still have a lot of states out there who won't allow people to start opening back up um businesses to start opening back up won't allow their people to go back to um you know get back to their daily lives it's having a real toll on a lot of people out there it really has so, folks, Governor Greg Abbott, let me get into what I wanted to really talk about tonight. As you may or may not have heard, uh, the Texas governor has uh, come out and said that he's rescinding the statewide mask mandates and capacity limits on businesses. I applaud him for this. I really do. Let me read a little bit uh, from uh, about this, rather. This is... Uh, reading now from where the hell was the article the uh texas tribune governor greg abbott says he's rescinding statewide mask mandate and capacity limits on businesses now this is a big step by the way this is a big step in in returning to some sense of of normalcy you know i i understand now that we have the vaccines going out and that's all well and good but really you know states are still locked down Businesses are still locked down. So th- this is what, what I believe to be a significant accomplishment from uh, the governor of Texas. The governor announced on Tuesday that he will end Texas's statewide mask mandate next week and allow all businesses to operate at full capacity. He said, quote, It is now time to open Texas 100%. Adding that people and businesses don't need the state telling them how to operate any longer. Amen to that. See the reason, too, folks, why I love what the Texas governor is doing right now is because it's coming from. It's it's liberty oriented. It's liberty oriented. It's it 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 embraces individual accountability, individual responsibility. I'll get more into that in just a just a little bit here but I think it's great I really do I'm sure many of you listening might not agree with me Um, but I think what the Texas governor or, or maybe you do I hope that you agree with me but again I think that what the Texas governor is doing is phenomenal Abbott said that he's rescinding most of the earlier executive orders he has issued over the past year to stem the spread of the virus. He said starting on March 10th, all businesses of any type are allowed to open 100%. A spokesperson later confirmed that that includes sporting events, concerts, and similar events. In other words, liking it back to normal in Texas. Masks will no longer be required in public for the first time since last summer. I applaud him. I really do. This guy has some... He has some balls, <laughs> if, I, if I could put it that way. He, he does. And now what we're seeing is there's apparently several states uh, that are going to be following in Texas's footsteps, namely Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, um, and, and, and a few others are also expected to, like I said, follow in Texas's footsteps and um, really start opening back up. The governments in these states are are finally ready to take a step back and restore some freedom, restore, again, some sense of normalcy like we had before uh, the pandemic. And these governors really, folks, and I I was having this conversation with my uh, younger brother um, a few days ago because we were talking about this, about Texas opening back up and we are saying that, look, the the governor and the governors of, of uh, Alabama, Mississippi, these other states that are going to start opening up, they're only doing what's best for their people. We have to trust the fact that they've looked at the situation and they think, based on their own individual circumstances, based on, based on, um... The, the, the wants and needs of their own people. We have to trust that this is the best decision. So, folks, of course, in response to this, um, there's a lot of liberals that aren't too happy about it. Joe Biden, that moron, uh, came out shortly after Governor Abbott announced that they'd be opening back up and said that this is Neanderthal thinking neanderthal thinking coming from joe biden well folks if, uh, if if joe biden isn't a prime example of neanderthal thinking i don't know what is neanderthal thinking i guess that means like um dumb thinking dated thinking perhaps um I mean, that's liberalism in a nutshell. That's progressivism in a nutshell. The, the ideas and policy prescriptions that Joe Biden is trying to advance, that the liberals are trying to advance, that's Neanderthal thinking. That is dated thinking. This is what Governor Abbott's doing, is forward thinking, trying to get the ball rolling here. There's nothing dumb about it. There's nothing stupid about it. It's a great move. So that's Joe Biden. But you know what? Who the hell really cares what he has to say about it? Who cares? Just like who cares what the governor of California had to say about this? Gavin Newsom. That whack job. Boy, California, you really put forward some nuts, don't you? You really send some wackos to Washington, D.C. Even though I, okay, I guess governors don't go to Washington, D.C., but you know what I mean. He sent forward some crazy senators and uh, House members as well. But Governor uh, Newsom took to Twitter to call the move, quote, absolutely reckless. Absolutely reckless. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess we're not going to pay any attention to the uh, policies that they put forth over in California. No, no, no. Those aren't reckless at all, you see. Those aren't reckless at all. Big government, massive programs, massive redistribution of wealth, that's not reckless. Massive spending, no, 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 that's not reckless. But Governor Newsom comes out and he has the audacity to say, yeah, opening back up, giving your people the ability to actually get back to their normal lives, that's reckless. Can't stand these people, folks. I really can't. These these weasels out there. And speaking of weasels, Beto O'Rourke. Let's get to him. He had a conversation on uh, MSNBC where he, he, he accused Governor Abbott of sacrificing lives for political gain. Sacrificing lives for political gain. He also said that, Abbott and other Republicans and conservatives who support opening back up now as, uh, you know, part of a, a death cult, quote unquote. He used those words, part of a death cult. Guy is a nut. He, he really does. He has a few screws, uh, screws loose. I want to play this audio for you. This little back and forth between, um, I, I don't even know who, who, was interviewing, uh, Abbott on MSNBC. I mean, um, interviewing O'Rourke on MSNBC. Oh, here we go. Uh, Nicole Wallace, never heard of her, but she's an, she, she's an idiot too. You'll hear in the interview that I'm about to play. She is full of hatred for conservatives, for Governor Abbott. The two of them just go back and forth, trashing Republicans, trashing this move, this, this, uh, plan set forth in texas it's disgusting take a listen what to what do you chalk up the cruelty of the republican posture at this moment hear how she asked that question what do you chalk up the the cruelty of the republican posture yeah this is journalism ladies and gentlemen and this is the news msnbc is a credible non-bias news source right yeah Keep listening. This
0: hour of the pandemic. You know, it, I think it appeared to many of us to be a, a cult of personality, the Republican Party in the era of Trump. And, and that probably still holds true. It's hard to escape the conclusion that it's also a, a cult of, of death. Um, <laughs> you have extraordinarily anti-democratic elements. I mean, look at the insurrection. Can I ask on- a
1: question, on- by the way? Cult of death abbott republicans were a part we're part of a cult of death because we actually believe in rolling back these lockdowns that are closing down businesses and making people's lives miserable we're part of a cult of death can I ask a question are democrats part of a cult of death by any chance because of their support for planned parenthood because of their support for uh murdering innocent little babies I don't know how many tens of thousands, uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions. Are they part of a death cult? You want to talk about this, Beto O'Rourke? You really want to go there, you nut? Watch what you have to say. Choose your words wisely, my friend. You don't want to go there. Because you liberal Democrats support abortion. Abortion on demand. Abortion up until seconds before birth. You guys support this kind of senseless murder. Don't go there. Don't go there. I'll dish it right back. We can play this game too. Keep listening.
0: January 6th for for any proof. You have anti-government elements literally running the government of, of the state of Texas. And and it almost, I use the phrase failed state, because I, I think when you can't guarantee the electricity, the heat, the running water, the, the public welfare and safety, you are about there by any classic definition. You, you have folks who, who are, are literally upending civilization as we know it and completely indifferent to the suffering it costs. Forty four. We're, we're not
1: indifferent to it. At all. Just because Governor Abbott supports rolling back lockdowns uh, doesn't mean that he or any other Republican, for that matter, any other conservative, is indifferent to, you know, people who have died as a result of COVID. Of course, that's a terrible, terrible thing. Terrible thing. I would ask Beto O'Rourke, is he indifferent To the spike in depression that these lockdowns cause? Is he indifferent to that? I don't hear him speaking out against that. I haven't heard him say a single damn thing about that. These physical, emotional, psychological problems, real problems that people are experiencing as a direct result of these government lockdowns. Do you have anything to say about that, Beto? No, you don't, because you're an idiot. Keep listening.
0: Deaths alone, just in the state of Texas, in El Paso, my home county, where saying I am are right now. What a are joke. 280 bodies stacked up in a warehouse because there are not enough grave diggers. Now he's and talking
1: not... about bodies. See, th- this guy is <sighs> getting worked up here. This guy is fear mongering. And I can't stand this. I can't stand it. Ever, and I especially can't stand it as it it relates to COVID-19. This constant fear-mongering. Where unless we all wear masks 24-7. Where unless the government comes in and, and regulates businesses. How many people can be where. Where people can go and so on and so forth. Unless all that happens, then we're going to have bodies piling up. People are going to die in masses. Folks, the fact of the matter is, yes, we have a pandemic right now. We have a pandemic going through the country. There are terrible, terrible consequences of this pandemic. But we can't just stop living. We can't just freeze everything. We can't just shut the uh, entire country down for the rest of our days. We've gone a year like this. There's only a certain amount uh, uh, amount of time. There's only a certain amount of time that this country can last like that. Financially speaking and in terms of, again, the psychological uh, effects it's having on people. There's going to come a breaking point. That's what we're trying to avoid. That's what people like the Texas governor is trying to avoid. Keep listening. A few more seconds of this crap. Graves to be
0: dug to put them in the ground. They had to call in the National Guard to move the bodies. They had to set up 10 mobile morgues. And that's just in my city right now. It is 85% Mexican-American. They just don't care. And that that's is bull crap. People.
1: We don't care. We don't care. How dare this man go on MSNBC? I don't care that there's three or four people watching. The fact that he said this at all is a disgrace. We're part of a death cult. We don't care about people who died as a result of COVID-19. Screw you, you jackass. Screw you. What a piece of crap.
0: In my community and throughout the state of Texas.
1: We do obituaries every day at the end of this program, and we've done a whole lot of them from Texas. And, I,
0: and I, it's this indifference to the death and the loss. Every one of them ruins an entire... All right, that's
1: enough. I I, I can't. I can't listen to anymore. Republicans are indifferent. Republicans don't care about people dying. It's just so pathetic, folks. It's the fact that this is being said on a national news network. It's a disgrace. It really is. And this Beto O'Rourke, he's a real pain in the ass. Thank you, Governor Abbott, for taking the lead on this. Thank you. I know you're getting a a lot of flack. I know you're being attacked by many people on the the left. But seriously, thank you for taking the lead on this. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. I'll be right back.
0: This is the Jason Veley Program.
1: Conservatives, How many times have you been called a racist by someone on the left? What about sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, right-wing, radical extremist? These are all buzzwords that liberals use as a means of labeling conservatives as something that they're not. And let me tell you something. I, like most of you, am getting pretty damn sick of it. That's why I started my own conservative comedy series, Living with a Liberal. Hosted on the popular video-sharing app TikTok, Living with a Liberal features two fictional characters, played by yours truly, whose political differences could not be more obvious. It's a comedic take on the modern-day Liberal Democrat, because if they can brand us as racists and bigots, we can brand them as triggered, oversensitive snowflakes. Check out Living with a Liberal today on TikTok. Just search Jason Veely, and you'll be taken right to my homepage. I have over 100 episodes on there, so you won't be short on content anytime soon. Enjoy. Are you a pissed off liberal that wants to give me a piece of your mind? Or maybe you're a conservative that simply has a question or comment. Either way, you should know that there's a few different ways you can reach me. Feel free to send me an email at program at gmail.com. Or if you prefer, you can also call the show number and leave me a voicemail. 860-266-2852 Be sure to provide your name and where you're writing or calling from. Thanks a lot. I look forward to hearing from you. Alright, folks, welcome back to the show. Jason Bealey here. You know, that commercial break wasn't long enough, quite frankly, to give me a chance to uh, breathe. Breathe in, breathe out, calm down. Yes, you'll find that, um... You'll find that from time to time, I <clears throat> things piss me off, folks. Things piss me off, to be quite frank about it. And just like I was before, when I when I used to do radio down in uh, Jasper, Florida, and before that, when I was doing conservative commentary in, in high school and so on, and so, uh, so on and so forth, I'm I'm a passionate individual i don't I don't believe in sugarcoating things and when things piss me off yeah I get loud yeah I raise my voice I could do the whole NPR bit where I sit here behind the microphone and speak monotone about the things that are going on in the country but you know what folks screw that there's a lot of things going on in this country right now that that piss me off that fire me up When I hear these Democrats like Beto O'Rourke and Joe Biden ruining my country, slandering us conservatives, lying about us, you're you're damn straight I'm going to raise my voice. You're damn straight. Now let me let me make this point. Just because Governor Abbott lifted restrictions, doesn't mean that people can't wear masks. It doesn't mean that, you know, people can't um, take precautions and so on and so forth. It just means that they don't have to. It's not mandated by their government anymore. So, you know, I I raise that point because people like Beto O'Rourke and and Governor Newsom and and Joe Biden and all the rest, they're, they're attacking Governor Abbott as if, he's saying that people aren't allowed to wear masks anymore. As if he's saying people are now forced to go out and, um, you know, go to local bars or gathering, uh, gather in large groups. He's not saying that at all. He's merely given people the opportunity to do so. And this is, you know, circling back to what I said at the very beginning of the show. This is This is a decision that Governor Abbott made based on liberty and individualism. Liberty and individualism. That is to say that in Texas, if people want to, A, go out, gather in large groups, not wear a mask, what have you, then they can do so they know the risks but they have that that right they have the ability to do that or b if people would feel safer staying at home not gathering in large groups um you know wearing masks whenever they whenever they can whenever they need to they can do that as well it's about giving people the choice Because quite frankly, folks, I know liberals tend to think that the government knows what's best for every single person at every time, but that's not the case. People are different. People are in different situations, different living situations. People, you know, might be healthy, they might be unhealthy. They might um, need to wear a mask and and be a little bit more scared of COVID-19 or they might not give a damn. People are different. And Governor Abbott respects that and respects his own people enough to make their own decisions. I mean, good God, don't you think it's time that we start restoring some sense of individual responsibility here? Individual responsibility, some kind of individual accountability? If if you feel comfortable going out and gathering in large groups and not wearing a mask, go for it. You know, the just know the risk. Know that you could very well contract COVID. If you don't feel comfortable, don't go around people. I mean, we're, we don't need the government holding our hand, ladies and gentlemen. That That's the point. We're a free people. We should be able to make our own damn decisions when it comes to things like this. So, Governor Abbott reopening Texas. The Democrats have made it into some kind of crisis. Right? They've made it into some kind of crisis. Oh my God! I can't believe he's doing that. Governor Newsom, Joe Biden... Oh, Neanderthal thinking. Beto O'Rourke saying that's part, you know, oh, they're part of a death cult. Oh, this is a crisis in Texas. Oh my God, I can't believe he's doing that. You want me to tell you what the real crisis is right now in Texas? It has to do with the illegal immigrants being released into the state even after testing positive for COVID. You hear about this one? What happened, ladies and gentlemen, is for whatever reason, and I can't for the life of me understand why this dingbat of a president would do this. But Joe Biden, through executive order, uh, brought back catch and release. Brought back catch and release where if you're an immigrant caught at the border. Instead of. Um going to a detention center until you can be processed. You're released into American communities until you can be processed. I mean, that that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Why you would do that is beyond me. So we have catch and release again. No thanks uh, to Joe Biden. But in addition to that, I I, I read a report. I think it was like a little over 100 immigrants so far um, have been stopped at the border and then released into the community who have tested positive for COVID-19. So in effect, the Biden administration is spreading COVID-19 in Texas. Through these immigrants who are coming across the border. That is a. That, that is a potential crisis. That is a potential crisis. And Governor Abbott. Uh, called out the Biden administration on Twitter. I, I had it. I had the tweet up. Uh, but I lost it folks. So unfortunately I can't read it. Um, But uh, he called out the. Uh, Biden administration and said we need to end catch and release right now people are coming into our Texas communities even though they've tested positive for COVID-19. They're not required to quarantine nothing. They're being stopped. They're being tested. They test positive and then they're off into the communities. This is reckless. To quote Governor Newsom. This is reckless. But do Governor Newsom or Beto O'Rourke have anything to say about this? Do they give a damn about this? No, they don't. They don't. In addition to this, you know, it's going to get worse, by the way, folks, because in addition to this, we have... Thousands of migrants arriving at the southern border. They're, they're coming up. I, I read a few articles during, in, in show prep. Articles that had pictures of these migrants. And they're all wearing shirts that say something like, uh, please let us in Biden or something like that. All of them. All of them. You can't help but wonder if they're being organized. I mean, in all likelihood, they are, right? If they all have the same shirts. It's it's a political message more than anything else. And so they're arriving at the southern border. Joe Biden, for whatever reason, is refusing to admit that there is a crisis at the southern border. But you know what? If it's not a crisis now, it sure as hell will be soon, won't it? And so we have to ask ourselves, these people... Coming to the southern border, looking to get into the United States, how many of them will test positive for COVID and then be released into uh, communities in Texas or Arizona or what have you? How many of them will spread COVID? Folks, I, I just bring this up because, again, you have people on the left saying that Republicans don't care about the spread of COVID. And yet they're, in many ways, facilitating the spread of COVID through these ridiculous immigration non-laws. Procedures, what have you. Processes. How many of these people at the border will test positive for COVID and be released into our communities? Democrats, I think you owe us an answer. Does Biden have a plan for this? Does he? I don't know. Something tells me no. Something tells me no. And folks, that's why they're coming here. That's why they're they're approaching the southern border. Many of them are already at the southern border trying to get into the United States. Many of them are getting into the United States. They're doing it because Joe Biden is president. They're doing it because they know he really doesn't have a plan. They're doing it because they know that Biden, the Democrat, is pretty damn weak on immigration laws, unlike President Trump was. And they're taking advantage of it. I remember same damn thing happened under Barack Obama. I remember talking about it on the the radio, just like I am right now. Same thing. Obama, when he was in office, migrants, I mean, massive caravans of people coming up to the southern border. It, folks, it's not a coincidence that this sort of thing happens when Democrats are president. When there's a Democrat in the White House. Because there laxed immigration laws their their bleeding heart liberal politics are being absolutely taken advantage of by people who are looking into uh, by people who are looking to get into the country illegally they know that democrats aren't america first that's the sad truth They know that Democrats more times than not put Americans last. And they're taking advantage of it. And honestly, folks, the Democrats should be ashamed of themselves for this. Ashamed. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how this whole situation pans out. We'll see if Joe Biden ever grows a pair and and ends up calling this what it is a crisis. We'll see what happens, folks. We'll see what happens. All right, I'm going to take another quick break. Don't go anywhere. Back in just a minute. When I when I come back actually, let me tease this really quick. I received an email from someone named Arthur. And um Arthur asked me a very, very interesting question, a question that I've actually gotten quite a few times, Um, and because of that, I I feel like I should address it, and so I'm going to be sharing a story with you about my past, and um, it's going to be a great discussion, so stick around for that. You're not going to want to miss it. I'll be right back. Conservatives, How many times have you been called a racist by someone on the left? What about sexist, bigoted, homophobic, xenophobic, right-wing, radical extremist? These are all buzzwords that liberals use as a means of labeling conservatives as something that they're not. And let me tell you something. I, like most of you, am getting pretty damn sick of it. That's why I started my own conservative comedy series, Living with a Liberal. Posted on the popular video-sharing app TikTok, Living with a Liberal features two fictional characters, played by yours truly, whose political differences could not be more obvious. It's a comedic take on the modern-day Liberal Democrat, because if they can brand us as racists and bigots, we can brand them as triggered, oversensitive snowflakes. Check out Living with a Liberal today on TikTok. Just search Jason Veely, and you'll be taken right to my homepage. I have over 100 episodes on there, so you won't be short on content anytime soon. Enjoy. Are you a pissed-off liberal that wants to give me a piece of your mind? Or maybe you're a conservative that simply has a question or comment? Either way, you should know that there's a few different ways you can reach me. Feel free to send me an email at thejasonveelyprogram at gmail.com. Or, if you prefer, you can also call the show number and leave me a voicemail. 860-266-2852 Be sure to provide your name and where you're writing or calling from. Thanks a lot. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to the show, folks. The other day I got an email from someone named Arthur. And I want to read uh, what he wrote. Hey man, I'm a big fan, and you really helped me find what I stand for and what I believe in. My name is Arthur, and I'm in 8th grade uh, from uh, Taunton, Massachusetts. In my home and school, I get persecuted for my beliefs. What do I do? Well, thank you so much for writing, Arthur. I, I really do appreciate it, and I would encourage... Um, The rest of you listening to this, if you have similar questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. The Jason Veeley program at gmail.com. But I decided to um, take a few minutes here to wrap up the show and answer this question because this is a question that I've gotten seriously at at least a dozen times. Um, People asking, you know... I'm a conservative, and at school or at home, um, where at work, I, I get attacked for my political beliefs. What do I do? How do I deal with this? And I have a story that um, is relevant and, and might might resonate with uh, with the the broader audience here. When I was in high school, uh, actually, this is going back to, what was I in? Uh, yeah, this was high school. I believe it was high school. Um, I had these two friends. This is before I, before I got into politics, before I started doing, you know, my, my local access show and conservative commentary. I had these two friends named, I'll say their first names, Adam and Drew. Adam and Drew. And uh by the way Drew is uh the the Drew that I'm talking about now is the inspiration for Drew the character in Living with a Liberal for those of you who uh who weren't aware little fun fact for you there. But um Adam and Drew they, they they were you know okay guys at first. In fact, we I remember I remember the three of us um had a band together. So you know, we spent a good amount of time together and um, you know doing band practice and so on and so forth and um, none of us were into politics so it was just something that never came up. But eventually I did get into politics a lot and I started developing um, my my conservative beliefs. A big part of that was from my father. My father um, it's a big conservative. And it just kind of came through, you know, having conversations with him. Um, I remember, you know, in in high school, watching my dad watch Fox News every night and just kind of reacting to to what different hosts were saying. And um, I was just immediately interested in my my father's passion and um, just politics in general. The 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 Basic values and and principles of of conservatism really resonated with me. Um, and so I I became a conservative. And not only did I become a conservative, but I also started um doing a local access television show, um, about conservatism. Me and my my good friend Connor uh, co-hosted it together. He was another conservative, and and you know it was just. It was, you know, very, um, well, local access. It was very low budget, but, um, you know, we, we had a blast doing it. It wasn't professional by any means, but we'd, you know, go to the local community center and um, produce a live local access conservative talk show. This is me in, in high school. And we did this for, um, for some time. And uh, almost immediately, these two friends that I had, Adam and Drew, um, became anything but friends. And what happened is they started teasing me, and even more than that, they, they, they were bullies. They absolutely were bullying me for my, my political beliefs, because I was an outspoken conservative. And beyond that, they what what they would do is they would try to get other people on board with picking on me. So it it wasn't just them. They they seemed to like telling all of my other classmates, hey, Vili is a conservative. Isn't that ridiculous? And they they like to get people to chime in on on the the, the ridicule. And so this was kind of new to me because I, I I had up until this point never really been picked on or, or bullied by any classmates thank god but but it but it started in high school and um a few different people actually who I had considered friends for quite some time um grew distant from me and and it, it was it was pretty tough I mean I'm not gonna sit here and Say, oh, woe is me, woe is me, but I'm just trying to explain to you that I, I, I've gone through this sort of thing. I've gone through this sort of thing. I remember there was this uh, this other kid in um in one of my classes. He was one of the individuals that Adam and Drew got on board in the uh, on the on the make fun of Jason Veely train, um, and this kid's name was Kevin. And I, I'll, I'll never forget this. Kevin Kevin was a good guy. Um, he, he really was. And he would kind of, he would lightheartedly make fun of my conservative views, but it was nothing to the extent of, uh, you know, Adam and Drew and, and the rest. But I'll never forget this. One day after class, Kevin, he pulled me aside. And he, he was extremely serious. And he said, Jason, listen you have to stop doing this whole conservative commentary spiel. You have to stop. And he was dead serious. And he said, people are mocking you more than you know. They're laughing at you. Um, And he basically informed me that this was actually more rampant than I thought. Again, because of Adam and Drew, who like telling everybody about this and and getting them on board with with mocking me, ridiculing me. And so Kevin, you know, he was trying he was he was trying to be a good friend. Um and he was he was dead serious and said, "Jason, you need to stop doing this because people are mocking you." And he, he really meant it. He he was I think he was genuinely concerned um that that I was being picked on. And I basically said to him, look, Kevin, I, I appreciate your concern. Um, however, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing this. And and I kept doing it. And within, uh, I believe within a month or two, we got contacted by a producer at the Glenn Beck program back when Glenn Beck was on Fox News. And I've told this story before on my TikTok, but long story short, we me and Connor, ended up getting the opportunity to appear on Glenn Beck's Fox News show as high schoolers, as young young kids. Um, I think we were 15 and 16 years old at the time. To talk about our, our our small, local access, conservative talk show. It was an incredible, incredible experience. I'll never forget it. It was it was amazing. I felt on top of the world. And after that, <clears throat> we we went back to school. And you know, word spread that Connor and Jason appeared on Fox News. Um, a lot of students, you know, saw the segment um, that we were on, and and I'll never forget this either. Kevin came up to me, um, after seeing. Us on Glenn Beck. And said, you know, Jason, I thought about this. I don't think you guys should stop doing your show. I don't think you should stop doing your show. I think you should keep doing this, continue pursuing it. And I will never forget that. I will never forget that. And that's exactly what we did. We kept doing the show and... um." People like Adam and Drew still picked on us, but it, it, it wasn't having nearly as big of an impact anymore um, because I felt that I had proven them wrong. I had reached some level of success. And it was the great Rush Limbaugh who once said that the best form of revenge is success. So after appearing on the Glenn Beck program, yeah, Adam and Drew still picked on me, but in my mind, I was on, I mean, I was on cloud nine. I was so far above them that their, their attacks on me didn't even bother me. It didn't, it it really didn't phase me anymore. They were like, uh, it just didn't, didn't affect me. So, Arthur, circling back to your question, here's my advice to you. My advice to you is twofold. Number one, if you're being ridiculed by people for your political beliefs, you need to do everything in your power to separate yourself from those people. Adam and Drew were my friends at one point, but I separated myself from them because I knew it was best for my own well-being. I separated from a lot of people as a matter of fact because again, I knew it was it was best. Now I understand that you said that some people in your family come after you too for your own political beliefs, and obviously you can't really you're in 8th grade. You can't really separate yourself from your family. Um, I, I wouldn't advise that anyway because family is family. But what what I will say is I think that you should go out of your way to avoid talking politics with them at all costs. Don't, don't bring it up. And if they bring up politics, if they start attacking your beliefs, say to them, look, mom, dad, brother, sister, um, I have my beliefs. You have your beliefs. Let's leave it at that. Let's be a family. Let's not talk about this anymore. And if you keep saying that over and over and over again, eventually they're going to stop um, uh, persecuting you, to to use your word. They're going to stop. It's going to come to an end. Now, for people at your school who are picking on you, who are bullying you, it's obviously much easier to go your, your separate ways. Just don't talk to them anymore. Don't hang out with them anymore. They're not worth your time. They're not worth your time. Because you're above them. They are below you. So that's my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice, and perhaps the most important, is no matter what happens, no matter how hard it gets, stand strong. Stand strong in your beliefs. Do not waver. It's going to get tough. It, it probably already... It sounds like it already is. It was tough for me. But no matter what happens, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Surrender your beliefs. Surrender what 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 you believe in in your heart of hearts. Because the second you do that they've won you give them the power but if you continue on day after day after you know being attacked criticized for your for your beliefs if you continue onward still staying strong still remaining committed to conservatism you've won because you've shown them that they can't knock you down. Mark my words, that's what they're trying to do. Don't let them do it. Do not give them that power. So that's my advice to you, and that's my advice to anyone else who might be in a in a similar situation where you're being attacked or harassed for your conservative beliefs. I. Trust me, I know how hard it is. It's it's difficult. But you will pre- you you will prevail. You will get through it. I did. If I can do it, you sure as hell can too. If any of you guys listening again have any questions that you want me to answer, I'd be happy to help any comments, anything like that. Send me an email, the Jason program at gmail.com, the Jason program at gmail.com. No one's used our, uh, our voicemail yet, by the way, so I'd love to get a message from somebody. Um, that number is, uh, God, I don't have it memorized yet, 860-266-2852, 860 2852 Give me a call. All right, folks, with that... We're going to wrap up. That is the first week of podcasting come to a close. I want to thank you all very, very much for listening this week. And I'll be back next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, kicking ass as usual. Have a great weekend, folks. God bless and God save this great nation.